Good morning. It is April 5th, 2021. Um, those celebrating holidays, I hope you enjoyed them and they were filled with um, happiness and bliss, hopefully. A lot of love. Um, I wanted to make an introduction and talk a little bit about uh, who I am and how I know the things I know. The things I know are not a lot. You know, I don't know a lot. But what I do know is how to um, feel bliss. And for some reason, I was raised Catholic. That's what I think the reason is. Um, I feel a lot of guilt for it because the way I experience bliss is so simple, easy, and available. Like, throughout all of the struggle and the suffering, bliss is... um, has always been like a magical tool for me since I was little. So, um, I go by Aunt Kimmy, if you've listened to the previous podcast. Um, and I've been talking about pain a lot the past couple of podcasts. And that's because personally, I experienced a lot of pain in my daily life. Um, since very young, I've been through a lot physically. And, um, when you're little and you're going through pain, it's really hard to find support because oftentimes the grownups don't take you seriously because you're young and they're like, literally I've had elders who were responsible for me say that I was too young to feel the pain that I was feeling. So the pain, my visceral experience, my physical experience was dismissed by those who were responsible for my existence. And as a result of um, that seemingly sad situation, I had to learn how to be resourceful and um, independent when it came to dealing with pain and the fear that pain caused because I didn't know anything. I'm young. I think I'm dying. And um, not just pain, but also um, literally the fear of death because I was very asthmatic, had a lot of hay fever growing up. And, um, you know, it, it was it was hard. And uh, as a result, uh, I learned the resourcefulness of my mind. For many, many years, though, I blamed my body for all the pain that I experienced. And then um, I got older and I learned some things and also was able to let go of a lot of resentment and anger. And um, that created a space for me to just be with myself without judgment. And that made me take the things I did when I was little seriously. And I realized that the things I did when I was little were magic. Um, so talking about some of the issues I have physically, according to Western medicine, um, I have a condition called idiopathic. I'm putting that in air quotes. Uh, intracranial hypertension. And that's when you have, it's almost like encephalitis. Um, instead, the uh, interstitial uh, tissues are not uh, impacted. I make too much cerebrospinal fluid, too much water in my brain and spine. And um, it's been causing me to go blind back when I was diagnosed. I think it was 2000. 10, um, 
yeah, in 2010, I was diagnosed with this because they couldn't find anything else. I started to go blind. And they told me if I, the neurologist at the time that I saw at the hospital told me if I didn't have um, a device placed into my spine, going to my brain and into my belly, I would be blind in like three to four years. That was 2010. I didn't do that. Um, instead, I just really got into my physical practice. Um, like I said, strangely at the same time, I don't know if it's strangely, I was going through some uh, emotional familial trauma and um, for some, and that, that trauma like released me and allowed me to take the things I've always done to um, deal with my body and um, it's screaming at me, trying to get me to pay attention to it was to move. So I took a yoga class and I ended up getting certified and I studied yoga in a very Western sense. Like right now, actually, um, technically I'm a certified yoga instructor, but I feel a whole lot more comfortable calling myself um, a mindful movement practitioner and instructor um, because of the whole potential for appropriation. And also what I do isn't um, strictly the yoga you see from South Asia. It's, it's very um, non-dogmatic. But at the same time, I want to give respect to the teachers, um, Patanjali in particular, that have helped me tremendously when it comes to my practice. Now, also, I wanted to talk about the things that I did when I was little since forever um, that I've it was always in conflict with what I was being raised with, you know? So like I said, I was raised Catholic. And um, since I was little though, I've always been um, a practitioner of magic. And when I say magic, I mean um, magic spelled with a K, M-A-G-I-C-K, that's how I spell it. Um, not the magic that's, you know, pulling a rabbit out of a hat kind of magic. Um, and then ultimately what I realized uh, in my midlife is that I've always been a magician with a K. Um, and my practice of magic is technically the way I do things is chaos. Um, so I don't know if anyone knows about this, but there is a magical practice called chaos magic. Um, and it's a results-based magic just to give you some things to maybe look into yourself. I'll give you some names that really delved into the practice and um, took it very seriously. Uh, these are some people I would look into to get more of an understanding of what's going on. It would be um, Peter J. Carroll, Ray Sherwin, Lionel Snell. He's also known as um, Ramsey Dukes and my favorite Grant Morrison, who's um, an artist, um, He's written comic books, um, graphic novels, um, contributed to a lot of uh, media, DC comics kind of stuff, but he's really, really amazing um, in his expression and description of what his experience has been with Chaos Magic. Now, um, some key ideas in chaos magic that I think are important to consider when it is um, the practicality and pragmatic aspect of it. Now, dealing with pain when I was little, um, 
and still having to do things that you're made to do because you're little and you got to do what the grown-ups tell you. I had to find a way to um, move with that pain. And what I discovered from a very young age, especially with the asthma, was that um, moving around helped a lot. I was always a kind of chunky, chubby kind of little girl, but I loved to dance. And I was very privileged. I had my own bedroom. So when I would get sick, and um, and especially when my allergies were bad and I was stuffed up, I would close my door, turn on the music, and dance till I sweat. And it would clear everything up. And then I wouldn't talk because I could breathe through my nose. <laughs> and um, I'd take a hot shower, you know. And I would, I would help myself. I mean, so grateful that... Uh, my body showed me that. I discovered that because I was very lucky that my mother got me into dancing school. And it was interesting. I had bad asthma and allergies. But when I went to dancing school, by the end of it, I could breathe. So that's what encouraged me to just take it seriously. And you have no choice, you know, when you're little. You got to do what you can. And um, there was also a lot of other stuff going on in my childhood that was very traumatic. And I had to learn how to cultivate a sense of impulse control and that's where um anything from the creative imaginative stuff turned into a practice a way to make it easier for me to deal with what was going on around me that i had no control over so ultimately i was doing chaos magic and what i was controlling was um my flight or fight response which i mean i don't know if i was necessarily controlling it what i was doing though was engaging with it in a way that I could stay safe. And um, so once I got diagnosed with this condition, I went back to all those practices of my youth and uh, had the benefit of being older and a hair more organized. <laughs> I have issues with organization um, and able to really implement these ideas from my youth cross-reference it with my um, studies and my physical experience. And um, I didn't get the shunt surgery that was suggested.